Hi there, and welcome to a new episode of the Demoiselle series, where you get to join me while I explore a topic about life and culture for around 10 minutes. So today, we're going to talk about all things toxic. So today, we're not going to spend too long on the history of the word. I think the fact that I've said toxic for most of you, you will be thinking of the new use of it. Um, Yes, for background, it was originally talking a lot about toxic um, waste and um, products in that kind of way, you know, chemical products. Um, Way, way back, if we talk about the sort of Greek origin and Latin, um, it really refers to kind of poison on arrows and that kind of toxic poison. So yes, that is where it originated, but it has developed into a whole new world today. Um, It was actually named the Oxford Dictionary's Word of the Year for 2018, um, which is interesting. I think if anything, it's only become more prevalent now. If you don't know what I'm talking about by saying it's prevalent, you may have heard of it used in a few different ways recently. So one will be with attitudes. So um, toxic masculinity was one of the big terms in 2018, especially related to the Me Too movement. Toxic productivity is one of the most recent topics that has come up. Um, And toxic positivity as well is um, quite a recent one. It's also referred to in situations, you know, or sort of environments. So you can hear about toxic relationships, toxic culture, um, that kind of thing. It's really used as an adjective to explain a certain problematic um, and sometimes even dangerous um, attitude or situation. So today I just want to kind of talk about how we even end up with things turning toxic in the first place and kind of explore that. Um, From my little moment, you know, thinking and sort of reflecting on this, I feel like there's a bit of a pattern that happens with what ends up being toxic. And that pattern is we often have a problem um, or an issue. Uh, So for example, I'm actually gonna start with um, toxic positivity and specifically talking about body image. So the problem at hand was, you know, we don't have a diverse and real, you know, body representation, especially in media. Um, and the impact that was having, you know, on people um, and how they feel about their bodies resulting in a lot of negative feelings towards oneself, you know, it's a whole horrible toxic culture there. Um, And the solution was body positivity. Um, So the solution came in, you know, a lot of content on being, you know, body positive, on saying good things about your body, even if it's not what you see in the media and really trying to completely sway that pendulum um, the other way. Um, What I actually call this whole process is the seesaw effect, but pendulum works quite well. So you swing the pendulum the other way and you say, let's go full body positivity. And the issue from swinging so far that one way was pressure. And that's the theme you'll see. So we have an issue, we swing the pendulum one way with some sort of positivity or action. And out of that is usually born an issue which is very much related to pressure most of the time because it becomes an expected attitude. So we expect people to change their attitude to solve our our culture, basically. So we expect, you know, all these men and women and people of all genders to start appreciating their bodies more to fix the culture that made them hate their bodies in the first place. The irony is is quite painful there. Um, So the solution is body positivity. The issue is the pressure, you know, people start feeling like it's wrong if they don't like their bodies. They start experiencing guilt for hating their bodies because there's so much content out there telling you why you should love your body, even though maybe many things are telling you not to. And so the counterbalance is the end of that journey. So you start with the problem, you swing the pendulum, you panic and you counterbalance it. And that's where the toxicity exists as well. 
So the counterbalance for the toxic positivity that came with this body positivity was neutrality. Um, it might have been something you've heard of, you may not have. Um, you might see a lot of people start saying they are body neutral, not body positive. And the idea behind this is recognizing that no, we don't want people to hate on their bodies. We don't want to encourage that kind of sentiment towards yourself. But we also don't want to give people these expectations of loving themselves all the time in a world that can make it difficult. And that's horrible, but it's giving people the space to be honest with themselves about how they feel. So saying body neutral is saying you may not love your body every minute of every day, but you accept that it is the body you have and you're in a neutral space about it and at least not a negative space about it. So... You know, good things can be born out of it, but um, toxic positivity is definitely something that um, it feels, you know, like an oxymoron because you kind of think, is it just someone trying to put a bad spin on something that's meant to be good? You know, we all want to be positive, but I think it's really interesting because it just goes to show that sometimes something with really good intent can result in a lot of pressure for people. Um, and the second one I actually wrote down, which I just wanted to explore, it might be a short episode today, but famous last words, is toxic productivity. I actually stumbled upon this, um, does anyone remember StumbleUpon as a side note? That was a very interesting website a while back. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was thinking about this the other day because I saw it come up on YouTube actually, someone talking about it. And I think it came up as well because YouTube was definitely a bit of a catalyst for this toxic productivity. You'll see articles talk about it in more of a, are you a toxic productivity person? Are you a workaholic kind of thing? Um, but this was basically born out of a couple th a couple things, but most recently it was born out of the lack of control that people had on their lives and their schedules in the pandemic. So, you know, we just talked about how we have the problem, you swing the pendulum, you get an issue that tends to create that toxic space and then you have to swing it back somehow. So the problem was, you know, people didn't have their usual schedules, their whole, you know, timetable, the way they like lived their routine went out the window. And so the solution became like productivity content, you know, how I plan my day content, plan with me, schedule with me, I wake up at 6am content. And you also ended up with a lot of study with me content because a lot of students weren't going to universities, they were filming themselves studying at home so that you could play that while you were studying and kind of have a companion. It's a really nice idea, it comes from a really good place, but too much of one thing can lead to toxicity, as it seems. So it got so far that it started putting pressure on people, that need to, you know, be the 6 a.m., 5 a.m. morning person, to have this, like, hardcore study way of doing things, to really be, you know, kind of a self-starter in the way that you organize your day, um, and that need to go the extra mile. And that's where the toxic productivity comes in. And I have to say with this one, I don't think the counterbalance has happened just yet. Um, I guess for this, you know, we're working on it. Um, perhaps, ironically, the, the counterbalance will be the same as the problem and will be, you know, the, the issue, what we face through the pandemic itself of forcing us to essentially ease control on, on what we can and can't do and how our days are going to be structured. You know, some of us in and out of offices, I'm talking about a very specific lived experience here, but um, perhaps the counterbalance will be forcing us to ease control and find a balance between, you know, our goals and our dreams, but also our expectations of ourselves. And you know 
what, I'm going to leave it right there. So thank you for joining me for a little bit of thought exploration of this term, of this new concept of things turning toxic. Um, I hope this in itself was not something that turned into a toxic conversation, but more a way of being more aware of the content that you're consuming and how that might be affecting you. I hope that if you recognize, you know, pressure in your life through the content you're consuming, you're able to take a step back, maybe even think about the content in this podcast and put a little distance between yourself and what you are consuming because it is important to, you know, find the balance that works for you. So as always, as I say in these episodes, we're exploring in our own self-learning. If something really doesn't sound right to you, it's probably not right for you and that's okay. I look forward to talking to you again next time. Thank you and goodbye.